special crossover episode of Dear Dumb Diary and Real Ramble. I'm Anoushka, host of Dear Dumb Diary. I'm Azan. And I'm Isabel, and we are the hosts of The Real Ramble. In this episode, we will be talking about the coming-of-age film genre as it relates to the transition between childhood and adulthood. Focusing on the main gap in between teenage years, the correct definition of coming of age is reaching adult status in life. Coming of age films portray the feeling of growing up and moving from one part of your life to the next so every audience can relate to. Okay, so the movie I chose to talk about was Perks of Being a Wallflower. So this is probably one of the most Tumblr-esque films that almost every teenager in the early 2010s watched. Perks of Being a Wallflower is a 2012 film adaptation of the novel by Stefan Jaboski. The story follows a socially awkward teen, Charlie, who is labeled as a wallflower because of how he is a person who from shyness and unpopularity remains on the sidelines of social activities. He in a way gets adopted by two upperclassmen, Sam, who's kind of this rebellious girl and Charlie develops a crush on her, and Sam's stepbrother, Patrick, this vivacious gay boy. What Charlie learns from his friends, just new music, he explores music with them. They bond over music, for example, in the movie specifically, the The idea of having this tunnel song is repetitively talked about and idolized because it's like that is your moment if you're going, the story takes place in Pittsburgh. So it's like if you're going on this bridge in the city, you need to have a tunnel song. So they bond over that. Charlie discovers the joys of friendship and being seen. Like I said before, he always felt like a wallflower and he never really thought people noticed him before. So the fact that Sam and Patrick care for him, that really uh, changes him and it makes him feel special. And then also another thing he learns from this new friendship is like I was saying before, he develops a crush on Sam. He comes to this realization that Sam is his first love. So however, Charlie has developed these friendships. Charlie also faces trauma from this unseen character who is his aunt. In short terms, his aunt sexually abused him before she passed away. Charlie represses the memories of this abuse for most of the film. He generally thinks of his aunt as the only person in his otherwise cold family to show Charlie affection. And he also loved that she gave him books to read because that's something that he did when he was alone, some one of his hobbies, and he thought that they were able to bond over that. In addition to that, Charlie also has PTSD because he lost his best friend from suicide. So he's gone most of the summer before his first year of high school. I think he's in a mental hospital and he's just going through a very dark time. But these dark themes in the film are necessary to portray a realistic adolescent transformation. And I think it's important because it, shows the growth and transformation that happens during this time period in your life, which is so crucial. It's sad that he went through so many things, but he is now able to grow from them and learn from them. And like I said before, it's just very realistic in real life. So the ways 
perks of being a wallflower has impacted not only pop culture as a whole, like I said, very big impact on Tumblr and also just like that like whole like niche I want to say like niche age group maybe in 2012 especially when the movie came out but it's also affected so many people just in their teenage years it serves specifically to myself as a reminder that feeling alone or like a wallflower is a universal experience and that you will always be able to overcome it and you won't be stuck there forever. One of my favorite quotes, as cheesy as it is, but this is said kind of towards the end of the film, Charlie says, I can see it. This one moment when you know you're not a sad story, you're alive and you stand up and see the lights on the building and everything that makes you wonder. And you're listening to that song on that drive with the people you love most in this world. And in this moment, I swear we are infinite. So like I said before, they say this when they're like going through the tunnel in Pittsburgh and their tunnel song is playing. And I just think that's one of the most like ugh, epic moments of <laughs> this whole journey. And it kind of, it just shows the ups and downs of teenage years and finding yourself. And it also shows that in the end, you'll be okay. So that's why I really like this movie. The film I chose was Mid-90s. Mid-90s is a 2018 film directed by Jonah Hill representing the 90s skateboarding scene. The story follows young Stevie and his overall journey to fit in and feel wanted. Stevie picks up skateboarding and finds a family that he feels wanted in. What really stands out to me about the story is the authenticity and how close it is to the real skateboarding community. Besides the fact that Jonah Hill made the creative decision as a director to seek real skaters other than actors, the shots and the aspect ratio and clothes and brands throughout the film are all, all authentic to the 90s skate scene. This film actually inspired me to start skateboarding and I really could not imagine what else I'd be doing without it right now. I love how the skateboarding community is represented in the film and how close it is to the real skateboarding community. On the exterior, skaters are seen as these low-life druggies that hang around in vandalized places. But in reality, and in my experience, skaters are a family. They don't care who you are, what race you are, or your experience level, or even if they know you or not. They'll include you in their conversations and hangouts and help you progress as a skater. Although this film is seen as more of a hangout film, the film touched on some really serious topics, which is seen as mature for these represented teen chill skaters. One of the characters, Ray, talks about trying to make a living on skateboarding and trying to become an adult with the other skateboarding pros for fourth grade's film and talks about how he doesn't want to end up like the typical skater that just drinks, smokes, and parties all day and skates like he points out his best friend played by skater Olin Prennett is. I relate Ray's thought process to my own and about the future since I only have one more year left in high school. What happens when I go off to college? I'll probably never see these people at the skate park again. The countless summers where we would hang out at the skate park and we'd play music and talk and how good it felt to just get out there and learn a new trick and finally feel included in a group. Would I still skate or is skateboarding seen as more of a teenager thing? Would I not have the time to skate because of adulting and life and work? 
where I have to give up the thing I love most, the thing that has brought me the most joy than any other sport or hobby ever has, the thing that has showed me to keep going and to not be afraid to fall and fail. And if you do, you get straight back up. Falling is a sign that you're trying and you're not afraid to fall. The mentality and work put into learning a new trick, which compiles of having confidence in yourself, trying the trick over and over again, and committing will show you that hard work really does get you places and the end result is worth it. I'm forever grateful for the impact of skateboarding and the skateboarding community has left on me. And whether it's a thing that I just do in my teens or not, I hope the things I've learned and the people I've met will carry on with me and all the summers at the skate park will forever stay with me. And a little side note, the skaters used in these film are in this film is part of a group called Illegal Civ, which they make films about skateboarding and being a teenager and they try to give teenagers a outlet to make a living off of skateboarding and filmmaking. And yeah, they worked with Jonah Hill for, with this movie and I thought that was just a cool thing to add. Should I stay or should I go now? Should I stay or should I go now? If I go there will be trouble And if I stay it will be For my choice, I decided to choose a TV show instead of a movie, but I think everyone's heard of this show. Everyone's heard of Stranger Things. I don't really need to summarize it. It was, it kind of came out in 2016 and it blew up due to its young cast, all the great acting, the great story, a lot of the horror elements and a lot of the nostalgia for the 1980s. But I think it's hard for, it's hard to remember the fact that Stranger Things at its core was this small budget show that was only really meant to last for one season. And it was meant to just show the, it was, it was kind of just there to show the coming of age of these kids and the struggle of this mom. But for this episode, I'm obviously going to focus on the kids in this story. And I think what it's interesting to note is that the Duffer brothers emphasize that Stranger Things is not to be meant to be a reflection of the real 1980s, but it's meant to be a reflection of the 1980s you see in movies like The Karate Kid or Back to the Future and stuff like that. It's, it's meant to be kind of sensationalized and kind of romanticized on purpose. And you kind of see that with these main characters, you know, but instead of like the casual trope of having it be these confident main characters like Marty McFly or Daniel LaRusso, we get these outsiders. We're introduced to them and they're playing Dungeons and Dragons in their mom's basement and they're just swearing and just having a good time. And I feel like that's just so much more real than a lot of other movies portraying kids as either saints or as these like horrible people. I think Stranger Things does a great job of just portraying these kids as normal kids who are just outsiders. And that makes them instantly relatable. I think that they just do a great job. They chose amazing actors for this. And it wouldn't be the same without these kids. I think especially Noah Schnapp is great as Will Byers. And I think Gain Matarazzo, I think is his name. He's really great as Dustin. I thought it was a cool choice to bring in someone who actually had, um, he actually has the disability that his character has on the show with his teeth growing in later. And I thought that was a really cool choice. And I think that the way this show is written, it just feels so authentic with the way that their character arcs progress. You know, they have real arguments in their friend group, just like real kids do. And they have real crushes like between Mike and Eleven. You know, these things, feel authentic because of the way it's presented by the actors and the way it's written by the Duffer brothers. And they do an amazing job with that. And I think for me, the way that 
this show affected me. I started watching Stranger Things like a year after it came out. And I was an outsider at a new middle school I had just joined. So I kind of felt like these kids. I was kind of nerdy. I was kind of into Marvel. I wasn't really that much like the kids at the school. So when I saw people like Mike and Dustin and Lucas and Will, you know, you kind of relate to these characters. You kind of relate to the fact that they're nerdy and they're outsiders. And I think that's what makes Stranger Things popular because even in these later seasons where the horror night might not be as good, the writing's not as tight, the direction's not as tight. And even when the show is over, we're always going to have these characters to latch on to. We're always going to know the story of Mike Wheeler and Eleven. We're always going to remember these kids playing Dungeons and Dragons in their basement and how they progressed from that into almost adults at this point. You know, and I think that that kind of makes Stranger Things what it is today. Well, that's all we have for this special episode of The Real Ramble and Dear Dumb Diary. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, all of our socials will be linked in the description. The Teenage Impact, the perks of being a wallflower, mid-90s, and Stranger Things had on the coming-of-age genre is iconic. Thank you for listening. This is Izan Masood. Isabel Wright. And Anashka McCarrera for Scott Center. <laughs>